everyone. It's April, and Tony's with me again this week. Um, we're going to talk to Veronica, and we're going to catch up on pets and all that kind of good stuff. It's been terribly cold. Now, I, I know I'm going to get backlash from Maine, <laughs> but it's, for us, it's been terribly cold. The big tortoises are suffering a bit because I've got them, you know, in a heated element, but it's still, it's hard for them to maneuver and move their bodies when it's so cold and it's hard for them to eat. So I've been out there trying to give, give them all kinds of different food. I did get them to eat their pellets, but they won't eat hay right now. They won't, they won't even eat lettuce right now. <laughs> and that's like having a Hershey bar for them. So I'm really hoping that by next week it starts to get a little warmer. We're not used to this coldness. That For us, it's cold. And none of the houses out here in Los Angeles are, you know, they're not, they don't uh, get them all covered up and uh, I forget what the word is, um, to, keep, to keep the cold out. And they don't have that so much here. They don't do the walls where they put stuff in there to keep it warm. So it's a little bit colder, especially if you're in an older house, but everybody's doing good. And I have to say that Blondie, my feral cat, who's quickly becoming a metro cat, <laughs> he's getting to be very picky. One thing he's learned how to do that's a bit disturbing is that if I have a little toaster, it's like a toaster oven, but it's like a desktop, like a tabletop uh, little heater oven. And I was making some chicken in it. He knows how to open the door to the heat. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm in the other room, and I, hear, and I put the chicken in, you know, and it's cooking, and I said, i got to go and take that out in a few minutes. And I hear this clunk, clunk, boom, 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 boom. And I come into the kitchen, and there he is with one of the chicken breasts in his mouth, and he has opened the thing up. And I'm like, really? So I took the chicken breast of him and cut off the part where he ate and let him have it. And I put it back in and I sort of stood in the doorway of the kitchen, just, you know, out of sight. That little snot nose, <laughs> come back up there, looked in, in the window of it and said, oh, there's more chicken. And put his little paw up and pulled the handle and pulled open the door. So now that's a new paradigm for me. No more cooking. And I can't leave anything cooking, especially chicken or beef or anything like that. I have to watch it. I have to be in the kitchen so that he doesn't do that. Um, obviously, his feralness is showing because he's very creative on capturing food for himself. I've had to put, I used to leave butter out and I used to leave um, like uh, muffins out, English muffins out. If you wanted to make an English muffin, you could put it in. Can't do that anymore either because he likes to chew the plastic and eat all the muffins and he loves butter. He'll eat all the butter. I'll come in and he'll have butter smeared all over his face and run because he knows I'm going to be mad about it. So I've had to change a few things. Um, I just have to be more aware and I can't leave that stuff sit out. I can't leave any food sit out because he'll, he can smell it and he comes running in. I think he has a stash. He has a little spot in the, um, I call it the bird room. It's a room. It's like a sunroom. And he has a little hut in there. And I'm sure... If I walked in there and stuck my hand in there, it I would find his stash. The other cats don't bother that stash. I think he's told them point blank, touch it, you die, kind of thing. So he's establishing himself. He has a few lessons to learn and a few, um, 
he's got to be a little bit more, you know, friendly, and he's got to be a little bit less pushy from stealing food. He's a little thief. I call him the, the food thief. That's what he does. And the other cats are like, you know, their eyes get big, like, ooh, look what he just did. He's going to be in trouble. Uh, they, they don't do that, but he does. So it's a, it's a fascinating energy in my home right now because I'm trying to get this feral cat more domesticated. I'm trying to keep the tortoises who don't want to eat because it's too cold to eat. Um, I'm up to my chinning animals right now. <laughs> and but I When aren't you? I'm always up to my chinning animals, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, though. No, you are. Wow. And the way they look at me, the way all my animals look at me, they're, they're like, oh, you're our little project. <laughs> We're going to train you well. <laughs> and you can always see them looking at each other and looking, kind of squinting their eyes going, oh, she is such a pain in the behind, isn't she? That's how I get looked at by the cats, especially because I've been trying to domesticate the feral cat without touching him, without invading his space. But you, you really can't be stealing my chicken out of my oven. That, that's one thing I got to stop. And it's hot. The handle isn't hot. But oh. if he were to lean up against that, he'd burn his little butt. I tried to tell him that, but he's not listening. He's more interested in the chicken. Right. So how are yours? Are you are yours being nice over there, or are they being little brats? No, they're they're fine. I mean, we we have twenty four degrees. And um, Dog Park is a little chilly, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we go. We don't stay long, but we go long enough to do everything we need to do and get out of the house. But knock good. on wood, everybody is doing good. Well, great. So, no, that's that's yeah. always so great. I'm always glad to hear when everybody's doing good. It's it's. It's, well, it's yeah. my mission, and I know all pet owners' mission is just to take really good care of, you know, try to anticipate their needs. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's a good thing I don't have kids because I wouldn't have time for them. <laughs> oh, I've always, said, I've always said if I had children, they'd be in therapy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I, I, mine too. Oh, yeah. So anyway, oh, definitely. I'm going to go get Veronica. Okay. She wants to come say hi. Cool. So you of go course, ahead and do definitely. what you do so well. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. Um, I mean, I just love these stories. I sit here and I smile. And then, of course, when April says, oh, it's very cold here. I know it's cold for the animals, for sure. But she's an adult woman. She grew up in cold. Okay, I've said that a lot of times. But we got great questions, and, you know, I always encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com, and that's I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, indeed we are. Good day to all of you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Wanda. Are my prayers projected into the universe doing any good? Yes. Prayers are one of the wonderful things about the reality that does have an impact. It has more impact if there's more people doing it. But every little nuance of prayer, that, and prayer is 
a moment where you become eternal, where you become connected to your source. That kind of words that are said during that time are important. And the energy by which you are saying the words and praying towards the universe for universal problems, and there's a lot of them, uh, does do a good thing. We would encourage all of you to do it. There's strength in numbers, especially when it comes to prayer. And prayers have a way, like if you're Mary and you're praying and projecting that prayer into the universe, and then there's Denise sitting next to you, she's doing that. Denise and Mary's prayers can often become connected and become larger. So please, all of you, whatever your prayer system is, if you chant or you pray or whatever it is you do, do it. Because the energy connects together and creates this wonderful shield of positiveness and harmony if you do that. So every little prayer, every little word you utter in a whisper to the eternal is helpful. And don't feel that anything is too small or not enough. The energy projected is helping, whether you put a drop in or you put a cup in or you put a whole gallon in. It's helpful. So we say all of you should aspire to that. Whenever you do a prayer, say, look, I want to send this out to the universe too because I could direct it to something, you know, very poignant, but I think I'd like that energy to meld and move into and actually do some movement in this reality that so desperately needs prayers at this time. So we say, yes, your prayers projected are doing good, Wanda. Absolutely. All right, our next question comes from Kathy. Why did you choose April as a vessel to speak to us here in the linear? We were searching for a compatible energy. We had come on to this project of channeling, and we needed a human host. We have an odd sort of... um, frequency and her frequency matched ours perfectly we saw her she was involved in a channeling group she wasn't channeling herself and we thought well let's stop in and see if we can make this work and we did she over the years has become very comfortable with the whole thing but we chose her because the frequency was an excellent match it was like a 99.9 good match and Good matches are not all that easy to find. All of you know that. All of you look for matches of some sort, and sometimes they just don't match up. But this did. So we were insistent. We knew that she had, on a higher level, wanted to be connected to spirit, but just never had the opportunity to engage that. And when we saw her in this situation, we said, we're going to give it a go. And we did. Now, she wasn't all that receptive. She wasn't all that happy about it. We suppose you know that. She's told all of you that, you know, many times. But over time, she has seen the value. She has seen the results of the participation. And so she made the decision to accept our request. And that is how it happened. We didn't know her before. She didn't know us before. It's a brand new relationship. And it's been over the years in this linear reality, a very beautiful thing. And we're glad that we made the choice to do that. Our next question is coming from Alex. Is it important to pray to a God while we are incarnated? 
No. Um, it is good to be connected spiritually. But the way this is worded, it's important to pray to a God. Um, that's not why you participate. And God, it's not like somebody sitting up on a throne. It's, it's just higher frequency energies. So when you're praying, just like we talked about with Wanda, when you're praying, you don't pray to something. You pray energetically to connect with a higher frequency energy. That's what it is. It's not to a God. Um, none of us here in the eternal consider ourselves to be God. We don't do that. We are emissaries, and we like to make everybody aware of their source and where they come from. But to pray to them indicates that you're less than them. And, what, and you're not less. Your frequency is a bit less, but you yourself are going to elevate to a higher frequency over time as you participate in the reincarnational cycle. So you don't have to pray to a God. Pray with higher frequency energy and connect with them. We would prefer it to be defined that way. Okay. Jerry would like to know, do my guides and angels really hear my prayers? Or is it a story told to soothe us while we are living on the planet? Your guides and your angels that are about you hear every breath you take. They are with you. Your guides are with you side by side throughout the whole life that you are incarnate. They do hear your prayers. They attempt to connect with you to help you manifest what you're praying for and about. No one is telling you any stories to soothe you. Those like ourselves come straight forward and say, here we are, most of the time. So don't feel like that you're being placated. You're not. Your guides and your angelics are committed and connected and will stay with you the whole time and they hear every nuance even of what you're thinking they hear it so take comfort in that to know that you're not on this journey by yourself you're making it linearly in that body by yourself but your guides are on either side of you with their arms around you and walking with you to help you and when you cross over, they'll be there to take you to your review. They'll be there to help you acclimate to the nonlinear, you know, participation. So, yes, they do, folks. They hear everything. And they know everything about you, which is a beautiful thing. And they love you anyway, knowing everything about you. So take comfort in that. Hey, Veronica, that was our last question. And if you want to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, it would be great. All right, dear. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed the show today. Um, very interesting. On, I like the question from Kathy. Uh, why did Veronica choose April? As long as I've known April, um, I never heard that story. So it was really good. 
Um, so I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. Uh, don't be shy. And I always tell you to, if there's more to a question we had today and you want to know more, let us know. And we'll try to get it on the air as soon as we can. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. We just want to emphasize the importance today of self-awareness. Aware of how you are participating linearly and energetically while you are incarnate. It's real easy to get distracted by all the drama and the sparkly things that are in the linear reality that can distract even the most advanced of souls. It's easy to do that. It's really important to stay focused and stay aware of how you are participating, sort of a little check at the end of every day. Be aware of your actions. Be aware of the consequences of choices. Don't make a choice willy-nilly. Give it some thought and review, if you can, all the implications that would arise from a choice you would make. It's really important that you do so. So decide today that you're going to start checking yourself a little bit more, taking a look at your choices and how you're doing things. Because you are an ingredient in your reality as well. There are people who come and go in your reality that add things. Like if somebody's there and then they leave, then the whole reality energy changes a bit. You are an ingredient in your reality. So make sure you're giving the best part of yourself, the aware part of yourself. Everyone makes choices sometimes that aren't the best. But be aware that you've done that and then own it. Say, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking clearly on that. Decide that you're going to be self-aware much more than you are now. And even if you think you're constantly aware, maybe you're not. Maybe you should do a little reassessment and be even more, become more aware, more connected to the eternal side of yourself. It's something you should do. And we do think that you'll never be disappointed in yourself if you're aware of all of your thoughts and what you're creating. If you're not paying attention, yeah, you might be disappointed. You missed an opportunity or you, you missed a moment of connection. It's a good thing to be aware of yourself and aware of all the choices and the consequences of them. So decide today you're going to be a little bit more self-aware than maybe you have been before. There's always room for growth. So even if you think, oh, I'm very aware, there's growth that can be had there. Maybe get a little bit more. Push a little bit and make yourself be more aware than you were before. You can never be too aware. So decide that you're going to do that and maybe start today. Well, that is very good. And thank you, Veronica. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Gee, that would be nice. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then, have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you.